Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Welcome back to another episode of Today in Sports Betting. It is June 10th, Wednesday, 2020. I'm your host, Ira Silver. I'm excited for this one. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I got an expert on here to help me out. Lyle Swithenbank. Lyle, what is going on, man? We're going to talk a little bit about some Aussie rules today. Are you excited? Because I know I am. I'm oh, very excited. Yeah, I don't know about expert, but uh, yeah, I've, I've lived and breathed this sport, I suppose, since I was born. So I guess if anyone's got an idea of it, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll try to claim the, the title of expert. We're glad well, to be here. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, you're definitely more of an expert than I am, that's for sure. And uh, you know me, I love to uh, make some bets and have some fun. So, you know, guide me in the right direction here. Guide our listeners in the right direction. And let's see if we can make a little bit of money this uh, week, the end of the week and the weekend, betting on some Aussie rules. So I'll open up the conversation here um, and talk a little bit about, you know, the league, maybe get into um, some of the differences between the U.S., uh, American football and Aussie rules football. So why don't you give us a little brief rundown on what the difference is here in uh, you know, I've watched a little bit of Aussie rules football. I've done a little homework, not too much, just prepping for the show. But give us a little bit um, of insight. What is the difference between Aussie rules football, AFL, which is the main league there, and American football? Yeah, so I suppose it's, it's sort of a hybrid sport between. I was thinking about this off air actually, and I suppose it's a bit like. Across between soccer and, and rugby, uh, the AFL or the Aussie rules is, I mean, we're played on an oval-shaped uh, field rather than, uh, yeah, the gridiron, the, the square, so or the rectangle. So that's probably the first and most obvious uh, difference. I mean, we have four posts at either end for scoring, so you've got your goals in the middle, which count for six points, and then if you miss, you get one point, which is a point on either side, so... Um, that's yeah the scoring system. Um, it's a it's a three sixty game as well, and I don't think there's many games out there that are like that. It's continuous basically all the time, except for um, where free kicks and, and stuff are given. If there's a penalty, um, that's where uh, you have a bit of a stoppage. But otherwise, um, the ball can move either which way at any any time. Um, there's no offense and defensive teams like you. Would get in the NFL and special teams. This is just uh, yeah, 18 guys on the field um, that play in various positions throughout the field. So forward, midfield and back. And um, and that yeah, is basically the, the, the main differences, I suppose, is that your, your whole squad that you bring on to, into a game is 22. Um, and rather than the, the 40 or, or so guys that you'd have in an NFL team that would come out and, and play their various roles. Um, so, yeah, guys have to be able to play, I suppose, 
hybrid positions all the way through. So if you're a midfielder, you also need to have the ability to kick goals. You've also got to be able to push back and defend. Um, so it is a sort of three, yeah, 360 game built on an oval and, um, yeah, continuous for the most part. Uh, pretty exciting game, very athletic and, and very hard. And, and uh, yeah, it's we don't play with any pads either. So it is you put your mouth in and, you know, you get bumped or you get tackled. Well, you just got to wear it. There's no, there's no protection whatsoever. So Right. That's yeah, it. no, it's really interesting. I was definitely doing a little bit of homework uh, before our, our uh, interview here and conversation regarding the league. And we're going to dive into some betting matchups and some, you know, maybe some picks later on in the show. But, uh, you know, what I thought was very interesting to me was, yeah, like what you pointed out earlier, is it's, it's a hybrid of soccer and rugby. And I recently, because of the pandemic that has kind of swept the world, I've really gotten into, to, um, well, football, or as they call it, soccer, um, in the U.S. here. Been playing a lot, video games, FIFA, and watching the Bundesliga as it restarts. And, uh, you know, watching a little bit of the highlights and the reel on AFL, it's really reminded me of it. And, and I kind of really enjoyed what I saw. And I really think that I'm going to get a little bit deeper and, and dive a little deeper into this league. And it, it just seems like a lot of fun. And it's just constant, I mean, just physical. And the guys, the guys that are in the league are just specimens. I mean, they are... They are very, very well-built, athletic. It's just, I wish I had those kind of bodies. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, don't we all? Um, yeah, we, <laughs> it's, it's one of those uh, sports that these guys have to be able to run kilometers and kilometers of, of yeah, at, at a time in a game. So, you know, there's guys, they do the uh, the running trackers and the like, and there's some guys like Andrew Gaff and these, these high uh running midfielders that'll just go back and forth the whole game. And they might run, I don't know, 15 to 18 kilometres a game. And, and so to be able to have that, as well as being able to carry yourself and be strong and, and um, being able to jump and, and and move, you're also doing the kicking action in, in um, yeah, while you're at full sprint. So, you know, that is a different technique in itself to be able to master that. I've seen a lot of people come across and, and haven't played, grown up playing the game just completely... Uh, you know, not have any concept as to how to do it. It's a pretty coordinated sort of thing. And even those that do it for many years still can't. I'm one of those guys and can't <laughs> very well at all. But, um, you know, then we see this translation where we were getting some guys that can kick 50, 60 metres, then come across at the end of their careers and, and play in the NFL. So we had like Ben Graham, um, Sav Rocker, these guys that played in the AFL and then came across and became punters after that. So... Um, that kicking action, I think, is pretty unique to the AFL, and then it translates again into the NFL. So there's a little bit of a crossover there. Yeah, and I, yeah, they talk about that on the NFL. I mean, it's becoming more prevalent, definitely, in the National Football League here in the U.S. Is that a lot of these, uh, uh, a few of these Aussie rules guys have moved over, become punters with the with this uh, cool technique called the. I guess, I guess what they what I'm familiar in the term that they use on the broadcast here in the U.S. is the drop kick. Um, which is a different different technique than what most punters in the NFL use to kind of launch their their ball. So the drop kick kind of uh, sets up an interesting dynamic with the special teams on either side of the ball and the person who is going to be receiving and returning that kick in the NFL. So I, I think it's so interesting. Um, 
talk to me here about a couple things. I read uh, and listened to a couple things before, like I said, before we got on here. And I found it interesting that if you're running with the football, well, they call it a football. Yeah. yeah. Football. So when you're running with the football in Aussie rules um, in the AFL, you have to bounce the ball every 16 yards. Yeah. So every 15, who 15 can, first of all, who keeps track of that? That's number one. Who keeps track of if they went 17 yards or they made the, the cutoff at 16? That's number one. And number two is, how do you bounce that ball? I mean, what is the ball made of? I know if I tried to bounce an American football, that is just, I don't know where that's going. Yeah, so it's made of leather. Um, so, yeah, it's a shape. I should have brought one I could have shown you. Um, but they, yeah, basically, it's made of leather, um, sort of oblong, shapey, round at the rounded point um so you you bounce it so that it lands on the on the front point that it'll bounce back up to you basically the umpires are the ones that dictate and there's typically i think it's three umpires on in an afl game um on the ground so they'll calculate how far you've run but the way we sort of do it is about oh, 10 to 12 steps depending on how big your steps are i guess um is where you would do it but i mean that is obviously very uh subjective and at times um, there's been goals that have made it onto the front page of the newspaper the next morning saying, well, the bloke's run 40 metres and he's only bounced it once. And, <laughs> you know, so it is it is a subjective thing. But typically you can see when this bloke's just carried it for too long um, and hasn't bounced it and then they'll say, you've run too far and that's a that's a turnover. Right. And, um, and also when you pass the ball in Aussie rules, you have to punch the ball out of your hand with the other hand. Uh, which I thought was very interesting. I, I don't. I'm, I think I'm a pretty athletic guy, but I don't know if I can really. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able to get on the field and play this sport. It, it seems very difficult. And if you don't have the right techniques, which I feel like if you're definitely an older, uh, if you're not a kid growing up with the sport, uh, to learn how to bounce the ball while you're running and to then either kick the ball to your teammate or to punch the ball out of your hand 20 yards down the field to your teammate, very difficult. Uh, any Is there certain techniques that these players use or it's just kind of a feel kind of thing and, and you just get better as you go along in practice? It was definitely practice, and we have an American that plays, or a couple of Americans, I think, uh, that have come across and, and played in the AFL. There's Mason Cox, who plays for Collingwood. Um, so he's a big uh, American who played in college basketball and then came out um, and, and yeah, worked out here and, and plays full forward. Yeah, so in the forward line uh, for the for the Collingwood Magpies, um, he's had to learn it from scratch, and, and it is definitely a... I suppose it's something that you learn and then you get better at the more you do. Um, in terms of a handball, which is the punching out of your hand, um, yeah, you use the uh, you make a fist and then you sort of use the front of your fist to to punch it forward. Um, but if you drop that bottom hand, then you get done for a throw. So you've, it is a sort of one movement where you're you're punching it out of your hand, but not dropping that other one at the same time because you get done for throwing the ball. So, um, yeah, it's an, it's a quiet technique, but I suppose the more you do it, the, the easier it becomes. Right. And, and, and talk to me, I know there's some certain terms that I'm not too familiar with, but I know there's four, four posts that you can score in and you alluded to it earlier. If you kick it between the two narrow posts at six points, and if you score between the other two long, a wider posts that surround those two other posts, you score one point. 
So talk to me about how a typical game works um, in terms of maybe accurate. I don't know what the right term is, but maybe accuracy or percentages, things like that. What, what, what are we looking for? You know, in like uh, baseball, you know, if a batter hits uh, 300, you know, he's a decent, he's a pretty decent hitter. That means he's getting on bait. You know, that means he's getting a hit three out of 10 times. Right. So what are the kind of the percentages we were looking for in a, uh, so on, so forward or striker, um, to kind of be able to kick that through the narrow post and the wider post? What, where are we looking at here? In terms of percentages, it's not a stat that people really, um, I suppose, record. Like it's not something like field goal percentage or anything like that, that you would have in, in a lot of the American sports. But I mean, a, a decent night for someone playing out of the full forward. If you kick five goals, you'd be having a pretty good night. So straight through the middle, six points. If you kick that uh, five times, uh, you'd be pretty happy with that. Um, you might get maybe seven or eight set shots, I suppose. And then maybe a couple on the run as well. So set shot is where you've marked the ball and then you get a you get to go back and take your kick is that like because a of a penalty or something like that? Sort of, but you've, well, you can get it from a free kick. So if someone has infringed against you, then you'll get a, a set shot. So you'll get to yeah go back and take your kick rather than having to be on the run and people can tackle you. So with a set shot, you go back um, and basically no one can touch you while you're doing that. And you have 30 seconds to then go and, and take a, a kick at a goal. Um, some... Forwards, it, it all depends on the, uh, on the, I suppose, weather as well. You know, you've got a bit of wind, kick different kicking styles. Um, but, yeah, some of the good forwards will kick maybe oh, 80, maybe 70 to 80 goals in a season, um, thereabouts. So they're the real top guys. So, I mean, across 18 games, thereabouts. Um, yeah, I think last year's Coleman was, uh, which is the leading goal scorer for the whole league, kicked there um, with me. I had that stat. Yeah, I'm just trying to see, like, in terms of scoring, whether or not, you know, it's like uh, hockey or is it mm. like, uh, you know, is it more like soccer? It seems like it's more like uh, a hybrid between soccer, hockey, and uh, maybe baseball in terms of, you know, how often or how, how, you know, how successful you're going to be on those tries? Um, yeah, so, I mean, a, a lot higher percentages than soccer and, and, and hockey and that. So, I mean, scores will get up around 80 to 90 um, for a game. So, you know, for each goal is um, even more. So, you probably get up around 100, I suppose, is pretty average for a team to score. Um, but it all depends on the different playing styles as well. So, some teams are a bit more defensive, so it might be a lower scoring game. But it just depends as well of, of uh, with your team makeup. So if you've got a dominant forward, he might kick five goals and you've got a higher scoring game and you might have midfielders that score goals, whereas other teams might just kick 10 goals for the whole game and, and, and you'll be done with that. And that might be enough because you've kept the other team because your defence is so good. Um, in terms of if you went forward, you'd have a shot on goal oh, every 30 seconds in a free-flowing game, I suppose, thereabouts, maybe less. Um, and you get some sort of score out of it pretty often. So it's not like hockey where you you bash it in and just wait for it and then you get deflected a lot. You'll you'll get a lot more scoring shots in this game. It's pretty uh, yeah fast moving and and yeah once you kick a goal it goes back to the middle and and then you do it all again. 
throw the ball up and the midfielders, uh, well, the Ruckman can test for it and then the, uh, the midfielders get hold of it and, and send it forward and, and we do it all over again. Now, before we get into the betting lines, I just want to ask you one quick question. Why would someone get a free kick in terms of uh, because the other player is impeding their progress? I, re- I saw that you're allowed to tackle the player between the shoulders and the knees. So is that the only time there's going to be a free, qu- free kick awarded by the referee is when you are making an illegal tackle? Or are there any other certain circumstances under, what, under, wh- under which way you can uh, achieve a free kick or an uncontested shot? So there's hundreds of them. <laughs> and every year they seem to add more. Just give me a, um, so, just give me a couple. So uh, keep it simple for, for the guys who don't really know what we're talking about here. So the main ones, yeah, like you said, um, an illegal tackle. So if you're around the neck too high um, is, is one too low as well. So that'll be tripping and you can get reported for that. So then you'll go to the tribunal and you might get a suspension or a fine um, for tripping. Uh, another one running too far. So if you don't bounce the ball, that'll be a free kick, a turnover. Um, If in a marking contest, you're holding the man down, so say your opponent goes up for the mark and you grab hold of him and don't allow him to jump or you block him, that's another free kick. Uh, An arm chop, again, in a marking contest. Uh, So if you punch the guy's arms instead of the ball, um, that'll be a free kick. Um, They're probably the main ones that, uh, I suppose, come to mind uh, more often than not. Um, If you infringe after a free kick's already been given, then you get a 50-metre penalty. So that'll advance the ball down um, down the ground again. So um, things like running through the mark once it's been set, so the guy's gone back to take his kick and someone runs through the mark, um, then that's a 50-metre penalty. Uh, abuse to the umpires, um, things like that. Anything that's a bit dirty, elbows and stuff like that, obviously aren't, aren't uh, <laughs> encouraged. Um, unrealistic marking attempt. So if someone tries to jump on someone else's back, um, to take a mark up in the air and um, it was just unrealistic and they didn't get near the ball, that's another time where they might give a free kick away, uh, push in the back as well. So instead of um, going for the ball, you push the man directly in the back, um, your opponent, then that'll be a free kick as well. Um, so there's a few different ones, but they're probably the main ones, push in the back and high tackle are probably the most common, I think, that we would get. Okay, perfect. Now... Let's dig into some fun, juicy stuff here. Before we uh, get into some key matchups and maybe some betting picks and some uh, free picks out here for the for the end of the week and the weekend in these upcoming matches, let's start with a very simple uh, maybe explanation of how you analyze a game. How do you go about handicapping a game um, when one team is playing another when there's a certain uh, favorite, certain underdog you like, what is the most important about their playing styles that you think uh, are really taken into account here? Are there any key stats you look at when handicapping a game? Um, is home field important? Is it uh, what happens when a very offensive-minded uh, team takes on a very defensive-minded? Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Team, what where maybe maybe where are the edges here in Australian rules and what are you kind of looking for when you're about to make a, a wager on a game? So the league is sort of balanced in a way that the top half of the league, so there's 18 teams. Um, the top half is fairly even for the most part. There might be two or three that are miles ahead. Otherwise, the rest is fairly even. And then the bottom half are usually pretty average. Um so you can sort of tell that apart. Um, home field advantage is a huge thing, especially for the interstate, well, the non-Victorian teams. So half of the league is basically made up of teams based in Victoria. The league expanded out of Victoria into an Australian league um, by adding in uh, West Coast Eagles and, and Brisbane Lions, or Brisbane Bears at the time, a bit of history. Um, so... That's definitely a big thing. So I know that when the West Coast Eagles play, uh, which is my team in Perth, they're very hard to beat um, because you get the crowd behind them exactly like any other sport. It's like having an extra guy on the, on the field. Um, other things you'd look for, whether or not they've got uh, a good form against that team, uh, whether or not they play well at that ground because all the grounds aren't uniform. So they're all different sizes, which makes it difficult like uh, the SCG Sydney Cricket Ground where Sydney plays is a lot smaller than the MCG where the uh, majority of the uh, Victorian teams will play and they'll be used to playing. Uh, it was also smaller than um, our Optus Stadium in in, uh, in Perth. So things like that. Um, if a defensive team comes up against an offensive team, you've got to have a look at who's in. The injuries is definitely a, a big part of it. You might have 18 guys in, in the team, but if they're missing someone... That's important, maybe a, a key centre-half back or a, or a full forward or a midfielder that might be able to move the ball and is pretty highly touted. They're guys that you need to keep an eye on as well. Um, but for the most part, it is difficult to pick um, depending on the quality of each team's list. So teams like West Coast, um, like Collingwood, Richmond, they're all very good sides with a lot of good players, um, high-quality midfielders, and key forwards that can score, as well as fairly solid backline. Uh, West Coast is a pretty good, very good backline, actually. Um, so you've just got to weigh it up. You've got to see where the personnel are. You've got to see um, the size advantage, the weather conditions as well. If if it's wet, then the taller guys don't typically do as well. So West Coast has a very tall forward line. In the rain, you, you go with them because they're a good side, but that's something you have to take into consideration. So different teams adapt to different uh, weather conditions. We play in winter, so um, you get a lot of rain and, and, and the like, depending on where you're playing. Uh, so those are all probably the key things to have a look at. Um, yeah, weather, home court advantage, um, and, and the injuries, I think, would be the key ones. Okay. Now, uh, I know you alluded to Richmond and Collingwood, and let, let's dive into that matchup coming up here this week. We got uh, Collingwood taking on Richmond. It looks like Richmond is a 
not a big favorite, but they're a favorite nonetheless. Uh, I know that our betting odds are slightly different the way we speak about it uh, from the U S to um, the, to Australia, to, to down under where you are. Um, but I'm seeing that Richmond is a favorite here in this game. It is a minus 170 line, which means you have to bet $170 to win $100 on Richmond. Um, so hopefully you understand how that translates to what you're looking at on your side of the world. Uh, tell us who, you know, because if you're betting on Collingwood and you're betting 100, you're going to win 140. You're going to win 1.4 to 1 on your money if you bet on Collingwood. And you got to lay some juice if you're going to bet on Richmond. And I'm pretty sure you understand what I'm saying here. Um, but just to make apple, you know, make an apples to apples comparison here. What do you like here in this matchup coming up? Collingwood versus Richmond. Who has the better opportunity to score the victory? Um, what uh, what are you looking for in this game? And will it be exciting? And which side would you like to take? So this team is uh, this game. I suppose is going to be a blockbuster. These are both. Old Victorian clubs, huge fan bases. Um, unfortunately, we're not playing with any crowds at the moment, so I think they're going to pipe in uh, the crowd noises into the uh, into the broadcast. But no doubt there'll be plenty of people in the pubs uh, in in Richmond and in Collingwood uh, cheering these teams on. Um, yeah, first game back for the after the hiatus, so uh, very very highly touted uh, last year. Richmond won the premiership, so they, they won it all. They are a very, very good side. Um, they've gone into this game with only one Ruckman. Um, so Ruckman is the guy who stands in the middle, jumps up and contests the ball uh, to start the game and after every goal. So um, basically you put a seven-foot guy in the middle and he runs around and, and taps the ball down to the midfielders. Um, you need to see it to be able to completely understand their role, but they're... Uh, usually pretty immobile compared to uh, the smaller midfielders, as you can imagine. So uh, the Tigers in this one have gone smaller. They've left out Toby Nankervis, who's a premiership ruckman, um, and gone in with Ivan Solo, or Soldo, sorry, um, who is a younger guy, also a great ruckman up and comer. So I think they've gone fast. I think they're going to come out and I don't think they're going to blitz Collingwood. I think it's going to be an absolute uh, blockbuster, but I still can't go past um, the, uh, the, the the Tigers on this one, Richmond. I think that's that's the pick. Uh, Marley and Pickett, uh, fairy tale story last year, was picked up in the mid-season draft with a broken hand. Um, they'd never played AFL, won a VFL premiership, won an AFL premiership the next week, um, which, yeah, it's just a fairy tale. Good Good Perth lad, so we're happy with him. Um, and, yeah, I just think they'll be too good. I think Collingwood are a great side, but I, I'm sticking with uh, Richmond with this one. Great, great. Well, there's your pick there. Richmond minus $1.70 here in the U.S. It, um, and that one kicks off Thursday, June 10th at 5.40 a.m. Uh, my time, I believe. I think my computer synced up to the correct times. Um, next game that we're going to talk about and dig a little deeper, we got the West, West Coast versus Gold Coast game. West Coast is a major, major, major favorite here. They are minus 770 on the money line, which means you have to bet $770 to win 100. Uh, tell me what's going on here in this matchup what do you like and it seems like they have the, a much better team 
why don't you uh, kind of give us a little analysis, a rundown of this matchup and, and which side you like? Um, yeah, so I'm, as I've talked about throughout, I'm a West Coast supporter. So for me, um, definitely all in on the West Coast. Uh, they, I think, will win the Premiership this year. They've added Tim Kelly in the off-season, who was a great player at Geelong. He's come home to WA and, uh, yeah, great addition to West Coast midfield. Um, in terms of this matchup, the game's going to be played at the Gold Coast. Um, we're in hub format at the moment due to coronavirus. So uh, the West Coast Eagles, Fremantle Dockers and the Gold Coast Suns and Brisbane Lions are all based in Queensland at the moment. Um, so we'll play four games over there. Uh, yeah, and then come back and, and play in Perth uh, for the second round hub, which will be in, in WA. Gold Coast have struggled out of the gates uh, ever since they came into the league, which I think was about 2013 or thereabouts. Uh, They're an expansion club. Uh, they've rebuilt twice already. Uh, don't really seem to know what's going on. And I don't know whether it's poor management or, or whatever it is. Um, they've got a good coach up there, but uh, they're really just struggling to put it together. I think Eagles are just a better side, well uh, well put together from full forward to full back. There's some absolute guns. Uh, you've got Tommy Brass at full back. You've got Jeremy McGovern sent half back. Tim Kelly, Gaff, Shuey, uh, all these big names. Uh, I could go all night about these guys. Big JK, Josh Kennedy playing at full forward. He's uh, 34 or so this year, but having that coronavirus break has put him in allegedly in the best form of his career. So um, we're very excited to see what uh, that bearded giant looks like coming back onto the ground, and I think Eagles are going to beat them by near on 100 points. I think we might absolutely belt them. Which wow, wow. That's, uh, that's, yeah, they seem like very heavy favorites here in this one and uh, should be a, a nice victory for your for your side here. And uh, third game I want to talk about here, it's the showdown battle is what I'm hearing here, and it is Port. Adelaide versus Adelaide. Adelaide is the underdog in this matchup. They are plus 190. So $100 will win you $190 back. Um, And Port Adelaide seems like the big favorite here, minus $2.39 on the money line. Talk to us a little bit about this matchup. Give us a little preview and which side do you like? I like, I like the Port Power. It is the favourite, and I've, I've stuck with the favourites on this one, but purely because uh, in the off-season or in the hiatus, we had training restrictions. All the AFL had training restrictions on the number of people you could train together. Adelaide had 16 players go out to the Barossa Valley, which is a, a wine region just outside of Adelaide, and train together. They got caught, so they've got 16 players that have been banned for the first round. So... Although they've got uh, a little showdown, I think they're playing in front of a crowd, actually. They might actually have 2,000 people, from what I've read, uh, in front of this. Big game um, for Port. I think they need to come in. They're actually, I think, on the top of the ladder after round one. They had a big win, I think, against Gold Coast, if I recall, uh, back in March. And then, so they'll be looking to double down and and give the Crows a bit of a touch-up. I think... Yeah, the power to win. They've got a great side. Charlie Dixon is back. He is a big, big unit. I think he might be 6'7 or 6'8, about 110 kegs. Um, he is a big, big unit. And uh, playing at full forward, there's not many guys in that team, the Adelaide side, that'll match up on him very well. So I think that he might kick 
two or three or maybe even four goals and um, it might tear them apart. So very excited to see that. I think the Port uh, Adelaide power will give them a uh, give them a bit of a go and uh, the Crows might fall a bit short in this one. But uh, interesting, it's the only game played outside of the hubs. So there's only games in Victoria and in Queensland uh, and I think maybe one in Sydney as well. Um, but besides that, in one of the unofficial hubs, these guys get to play each other in Adelaide due to their lower coronavirus uh, levels compared to Victoria and New South Wales and Queensland. So, yeah, exciting. But uh, I think the power will take that one out. Now, I, I, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, any matchups this week, weekend, um, where you think there might be a little value on an underdog? Yeah, so I had a bit of a look. One that I think might come in, and, and this it's difficult, but I think that Carlton might beat Melbourne. So um, that is on uh, – what date is it? It's on Saturday here on Saturday. Think, at 2.30 a.m. So just to give the listeners real quick, Melbourne is a $1.80 favorite. Carlton – is plus one forty five on the money line. So, so give us a little rundown on this matchup and and why do you think maybe Carlton can pull off this this victory here? Well, Carlton has some very good players. Uh, they got Patrick Cripps, who uh, was one of the well, I think he was the first player ever last year to get um, the full votes that you could get after five rounds. He had fifteen votes after five rounds in the uh, AFL MVP award, the uh, the Brownlow Medal. So that guy in himself, he's an absolute bull. I think um, with young Doherty coming back as well, co-captain, he'll be back in this uh, this year as well in this round. I just think Melbourne are a team that can be so up and down. I've got Maxie Gorn at the ruck spot, uh, who's an absolute star. But again, I just think Carlton, they've had a bit of a chance to get healthy um, and they're an up-and-coming side. I think they might surprise a few people. I think Carlton might have a bit of sneaky value. I mean, I might eat my words, but um, there's some absolute studs on that team. So could happen. Yeah, listen, as long as there's a little bit of a sweat and we can maybe win with an underdog, we'll we'll, we'll take our chances, right? So I know uh, we, before we got on here and we were talking offline, you said you might have put together a little multi, um, which is for us in the U.S. called a parlay card. Um, are you are, are you thinking about the, the three matchups, the four matchups we talked about as a multi, or did you kind of have anything else to add into that parlay card as well? Um, yeah. So, I mean, probably the, I think those, that would be not a bad little multi as well. Um, if I also do uh, single game multis as well. So the, the platform that I use down in, in Australia, cause we can't use any of the American ones. Cause uh, uh, I don't know laws, I guess. Um, Basically, I think that I'd do a leading goal kicker as well. Um, so in the West Coast, Gold Coast game, I think Josh Kennedy's going to kick over three goals. Uh, so that's not a bad little uh, little bet there. In terms so basically, of a pro- basically a prop bet. If that, yeah, if that's, I'm not sure that terminology, we have it different down here, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I suppose I, we uh, speak the same language, Lyle, but we have very many different sayings. Uh, it's it's been quite the quite the adventure trying to keep up with some of the words you've been throwing out uh, during this interview here. Yeah, I mean, I'm confusing myself as well, so <laughs> <laughs> we're getting there. But um, yeah, so basically, it'll be a, you pick a player who will kick the most goals, and there's odds on how many goals they'll kick, or um, 
how many dis, uh, disposals someone will get, so how many touches they get of the ball, so kicks and handballs. Exactly. Um, it's a it's a prop bet. That's what we call it here. Okay. Yeah. So that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning. That's what that's what we like. So the odds I'm looking at here, we've got uh, six dollars fifty for the goal first goal scorer, which is Josh Kennedy. Um, don't know what that translates. I suppose six hundred and fifty. I guess. I think um, it's probably six and a half to one, right? So that means if you're picking yeah, exactly. for the most goals in the game, you're going to get almost seven to one on your money if he is actually, in fact, the the goal scorer, the top goal scorer. Correct. Yeah. So that was for, that was for first goal scorer. So total for, goals. Hey, that's for first uh, goal scorer. Yeah, that one Okay, was. so that makes so that sense. Was... That makes sense. So six and a half to one as the first goal scorer. It's kind of like yeah. uh, who's going to have the first touchdown in the Chiefs-Patriots game? Will it be Patrick Mahomes as a, you know, five to one, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill, 12 to one, Travis Kelsey, 10 to one. It's the same same concept here. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I'd be looking at. Um, I'd also be looking at Andrew Gaff to get 30 or more disposals. Um, so that is another one that's sitting there. We've only got that at uh, $3 sitting here. So, um, yeah, three to one that he'll get over 30 disposals. We're playing 16-minute quarters, but this guy just attracts the ball like a magnet. He gets hold of it. He looks fit. He looks strong. So that's probably another one if you were going to add it into your multi. Not that high, but if you combine it up, Eagles to win. Uh, Andrew Gaff and perhaps um, most goals, Josh Kennedy. I'd be pretty happy with that. That'll be not a bad little payout, I think. Great. Great. Well, uh, Lyle, thank you so much for joining us here and giving uh, uh, me and the uh, the listeners a little bit of an education on Aussie rules. I know that I've uh, really enjoyed uh, brushing up and uh, look, you know watching some highlights and, and some rule explanations before we came on here. And, and I've really gotten to like it a little bit more as we've kind of had this conversation together uh lyle for the listeners out there where where, where can they find you on twitter what's your handle uh so at lyle swithenbank um if you have a look on a few of the different hoop ball things um yeah you'll see my last name floating around it's a bit of a there's a few letters in there but uh yeah at lyle swithenbank on twitter um yeah host of hoop ball pels or the pelicans podcast as well so make sure you go over and have a look and uh and saturday night lyle on the, uh, the Hoopball Facebook page as well. So, um, yeah, doing a few different things. But, uh, yeah, Twitter, at Lyle Swithenbank, and, and that's me. We love it. Uh, guys, I'm as you know, I'm at Iris Silver Magic. We are at Hoopball Gaming on Twitter. Follow us along. You heard the picks here. Hopefully, we'll win some money this week, and we'll see you next time. Thanks you so much for joining us, Lyle, and I will speak to you next time when we are going to dive into maybe a little bit of rugby. Yeah, looking forward to it. Sounds good. All right, Lyle. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.